Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mulkel, here with my divine co-hosts. Or maybe Infernal? Have I done this bit before? <laughs> Not the Infernal one, I like that. And going along with that, my name is None of Your Business. Did you hear that? None of Your Business. Oh! <laughs> but you should probably introduce yourself to the listeners in case this is their first episode. Okay, I'm Chelsea. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I like the nun bit, though. Yeah, thanks. Yes. And I'm the, the bookkeeping nun. That's what that's what's going on with that. Important job. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep, I mean, I'm assuming you're keeping the good book. Or it's the a, good books. It's the okay book. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> it's fine, really. It's all right. Well known, I'd say a little overrated. <laughs> Which book are we talking about here, guys? The Ledger. <laughs> uh, I hear you've got some red in your ledger, though. That's That's Sister Crimson. We'll get into her later. Got it. Talk about her later? You know, one of those things. (laughs) Very cool. And I'm Jack Olander, the intangible concept of drawing swords. (laughs) And all that implies. I think it implies a lot. Yes. We saw some good sword drawings in this episode, guys. Yes. Sometimes that's all that happened before somebody went down, but they looked epic doing it. Yes. They were just sitting there with their sketch pad, like, frantically trying to draw a picture of a sword before they got killed. Yes. (laughs) Well, we saw people drawing swords, and we saw drawn swords. Right. This is a big episode. And hey, what's in an episode of, you may be asking, there at home, or in your car, or maybe on the International Space Station? Listening to our show <laughs> on the toilet, <laughs> we can dream big. Yeah, yes, that's the biggest dream, right? Yeah. I don't know if our analytics will show us space. I hope so, <laughs> or where somebody is when they're listening. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if they're gonna send one podcast in the space to preserve for all time, it should be ours. I think mm-hmm. so. But hey, uh, this is another satire TV episode where we're going to be talking about Warrior Nun. Season 1, Episode 7. That's right. This is Aphasians 4 versus uh, 22 to 24. Mm. That's right. And we'll tell you what that means in a bit. Yeah, we definitely will, because that's that's important stuff. <laughs> 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 hey, maybe uh, head on over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and you're clearly going to want to be supporting the show once you've heard this intro bit. <laughs> you get extra content, too. You can tell we're a very focused podcast who stays on task. Summaries? Sorry, we've got none. Oh. oh no. Oh no. The infernium is glowing. <laughs> I love that you created the infernium. Dude, if they never bring out infernium, the show in comic series has been a waste entirely. Agreed. <laughs> they fucking missed an opportunity there. 
Especially with what where this episode is leading. So why don't we get into that? Yeah, what happened in this episode? All right. So your Bible study for this week is Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. And if you open up your Bible, you can follow along. Let's see. Let me just get to the right page here. I got my nice little ribbon. Oh, throw the ribbon out of the way. <laughs> thought you were going to burp in the middle of Bible study. Uh, I would not do that because God would probably strike me down where I sit. <laughs> the passage reads, You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, Mm -hmm. which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That makes sense. Yeah, I believe it. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. Sounds good. And to put on the new self, created Mm -hmm. to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. All of this applies to me. So basically this means that you should turn away from your vices and accept the holy path and live in, in your like highest form. Your vice is like trying to like believe in science and <laughs> I'm just going off the episode here. And to question your the leaders of your organization. Yeah. Seems legit. Well, that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Questioning so are they really vices or are they virtues? Oh, interesting. Maybe it's like thou shalt not cringe at thine own past. <laughs> but I mean, that's a lesson that people could learn. But manifest thine own best self, living thy truest self. <laughs> <laughs> and God did say unto them, good vibes only. And live your best life. <laughs> Liveth, laugheth, loveth. <laughs> Lilith. Oh! But we'll get to her in a little bit. Yes. Okay. So in this episode... There's Shit a- starts going down, which we say every week, but this week we mean it. Shit starts going down. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> every week I'm like, oh, guys, this is it. This is it popping off. The show's really getting there. And, it, and I'm right every week, but also the next week is it's, it's even it's more. It's true. Duretti is the cockiest he's ever been. He fucking rolls up into the OCS with his new crew that's loyal to him. The new nun squad. Yes. <laughs> Not the old nun squad. And Taking shit? Nah, none. The cockiest of all of them is Sister Crimson. And can you guess what weapon she wields, guys? Oh, let me think. Um, is it nun chucks? That's a little on the nose. Oh. And no, completely not- accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what Beatrice tells her. It's pretty good. They're like not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um so yeah, he takes over. He fucking kicks Vincent and Beatrice to the curb. Now, just a quick question about um Sister Crimson. What type of family name is Crimson? I mean, I've heard of King Crimson. I think so is this a, like uh, a chosen name? <laughs> is this like the daughter of King Crimson? Or oh, I guess yeah. that'd be Princess Crimson though, not Sister Crimson. Yeah. Maybe they got into the monastery. I think it's like once she takes the vows, it's like her chosen name, right? Uh, okay. Okay. Got and it. And since got she's it. with the OCS, she wanted to go for the edgiest name that she could think of. Yeah. Sister Blackheart. <laughs> she is how you say 
aggressive and bloodthirsty and angry. <laughs> and she's not above cheating to get her way. With her nunchucks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, so Mary's super pissed off. Hell yeah. She blames. Dude, I'm team Mary all the way, by the way. I love Mary. Mm-hmm. She blames Mother Superion for backing Doretti and... <laughs> I'm sorry, we've got Sister Crimson, Mother Superion, and then, like, Mary and Ava. <laughs> Some of these names just don't go together. I yes. know. But uh, she bounces, too. Um, and she has her say with Mother Superion before she leaves. Sister Crimson tries to talk shit when Mary's leaving. I just have to highlight this real quick. Mary turns around and just smacks that bitch down to the ground. And God did say unto his chosen, talketh shit, getteth hit. Yes, yes. (laughs) And it's important to note that that scene lasts a few seconds longer and she does not get back up. Yeah, we have time to see Mary leave. Mother Superion kind of give a look like, what are you going to do? And walk off uh, stage right, and Crimson never gets up that whole time. <laughs> I was almost expecting a like comedic, like pop out back into the shot, like holding her cheek or something, but not even that. I think it would have been really funny if her personality completely 180'd from the head trauma and she was super nice after this. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sister Mary! <laughs> yes. All right. So then. Mary joins up with Vincent and Beatrice when they leave. And I was like, Doretti's stupid because he's just giving them more power by getting them from under his thumb. He, he thinks he's so smart. But we've, we know he's not. Yeah, he's a real dumbass. Um, <laughs> so she tries to basically plan a heist with them to get back into Shannon's rooms and find a way she wants to blow her way into Shannon's secret room. Now, guys. And that's not a euphemism. Shannon has a secret room behind her bedroom. <laughs> oh, but I see. Yeah, that kind of sounds like. Right. Oh, okay. But that would be weird because Shannon's dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this show, people who are dead don't always stay dead. That's true. But, guys, I have to admit that when Mary was planning her heist, I was really hoping for some King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. All right. Is what we're going to do. I know. I was literally going to say, yeah. We did get a little bit of that. Just a smidge. Because Beatrice was like, you know, if I were going to go, I would go through the secret or through this forgotten door of the crypts. Nobody knows it's there. You know, the dead body door that every church has for bringing in dead bodies. And if it were me, I would go the long way around. And just wait for uh, uh, for a while so to avoid any stragglers. And if it were me, I would pack a ton of weapons, like two shotguns and a sword. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so she not none of them d- choose to help Mary. Or do they? Or do they? Mm-hmm. So okay. Meanwhile, Ava is still searching for answers. Aren't we all though? Aren't we all? Nothing so new, relatable. Nothing new there. <laughs> But she's finally stopped running away, and now she's trying to run towards the answers. Running right into the hands of science. Arctech. She just pops off at the front desk, starts breaking shit, throwing people around with her powers until Jillian comes down to talk to her. 
And Jillian was just like in the hallway all along, wait, like letting the security guards get bullied by Ava. You can see why Ava and Mary get along so well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that's true. They're both kind of direct and violent. I'm assuming there's a lot of Mary Ava shipping in the uh, warrior nun community. I already am uh, there. I'm already <laughs> there. There we go. See, I'm right. Yeah. So she and Jillian run some tests on her halo, and uh, Jillian tries to push Ava past her breaking point. Ava gets mad. She phases through the floor and finds the arc that Jillian was actually trying to use Ava to charge. But they reconcile pretty quickly, and Jillian shows- You want to use me as a human battery? Oh, it's okay. You have a sick kid. We're, we're, we're cool. Yeah, she shows her her <laughs> sick boy, and he likes Ava, and he starts glowing when Ava comes in because he's full of divinium. Well, I mean, really, aren't we all full of divinium? It's keeping him alive. Want to know how? Too bad. It's magical science. Don't ask exactly. any questions. <laughs> um, so let, let me just assure you that it was a very detailed and extensive scientific process. Of hooking her up to a tube. So, um... So I'm talking about keeping Michael alive. Oh, oh, Michael, that's his name. Great, Snort thanks. this metal. You got it, Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. So you'll be all glowy if uh, magical people are around you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jill Jillian and Ava part ways. They realize they can't help each other. And I was surprised because I thought Jillian was going to go like sick house on her and try to keep her prisoner. But she didn't. She straight up says to Christian, we could not hold Ava against her will if we wanted to. She knows her own limitations, okay. apparently. Well, there you go. I missed that part. She knows that Ava's got, like, super strength, super healing, can phase through walls and floors. I don't think that she wants to give Ava a reason to kick her ass. <laughs> I no, fair. I wouldn't either. So Ava goes back to the church. She the doesn't, cat's cradle. Yep. The OCS headquarters. She doesn't know it's been taken over by Duretti and his crew. But Mary happens to be starting her heist right then. <laughs> Conveniently. And she pulls Ava aside before she can walk into a trap. And she's and like, so, all right, is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They infiltrate together. Ava phases through the wall in Shannon's bedroom and finds her secret room where she has a tome of all of the past warrior nuns. And then she writes about a secret. And they get that book out of there after a scuffle with Sister Crimson and... Mary and Beatrice just kind of go sick house on her face again. And as they're getting out of there, more they're surrounded by the rest of Duretti's crew. Uh, but then Camilla comes in clutch with a machine gun. <laughs> just starts blasting the frescoes up in this piece. So it's like raining down on all of their opponents and they can get away. Which apparently is all it takes to run off like 10 of these sister nuns or... Or whatever, warrior sisters. Yeah. Like one lunatic with a machine gun is all it takes to run them all off. I know. Um, they get outside. Who comes in with the getaway car? But Father Vincent. He came through and uh, they all get away together and they stop off the side of the road and read that Shannon tried to ask Father or Cardinal Duretti about secrets in the Vatican before she was killed. And she wrote about how she could realize she couldn't trust Doretti after she asked him about that. 
And what is in the Vatican? But some kind of power source that is chaining demons to our plane. Like a oh, portal. Hmm, that sounds like something that Jillian might be interested dun, in. Dun, dun, dun! They create the problem and they supply the solution. That's good business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. If you're going to create the cure, you might as well also profit from the disease. Yeah. That's it. That's it for the episode. No, it's not. Because <laughs> at the very end, we get a little shot from outside of Cat's Cradle with some hellish portal opening up. And who the fuck walks out but our brand new shiny model of Lilith. That's right. Recently stabbed uh, seemingly fatally through the torso by a terrorist, but she's back and she don't look happy. But she let her hair down, literally, and we'll see about metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's um, sauntering into the OCS with an inquisitive look on her face and also with purpose. She's got one of those real, did I just get stabbed in the torso by a giant demon looks on her face? <laughs> so we'll see what happens in the next episode with that. All right. Well, guys, why don't we get into it? Oh, I have an I have a theory. All right. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So you know how Terasks appear sometimes to hunt down the halo. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and you mean also in the show too. Yes. Got it. Right. Got it. Right. And Lilith was stabbed by a Terask. Yes. And really Torask. Yes. Ava weakened herself in this fight against Sister Crimson. By doing like a Nova blast yep. outside out of yeah. her body. She does a few in this episode. Yeah, she exhausted herself though. And that burst of divinium power from the halo could have summoned a Terrask, but it summoned Lilith. Oh, you're Interesting. so right. And it because is right outside of the cat's cradle. When they showed the yes. red portal forming, I knew I thought a Terrask was coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Terasks are after the halo, and Lilith has always been after the halo. <laughs> right. So, if anything, Lilith and the Terrasks might have a lot in common. Yes. So, I think I know what you're onto, Jack, and we've talked about it briefly in another episode when we were talking about Lilith from the Christian lore. Yes, and mother I, of demons. Yes. I think that... Calling it Christian lore is why I'm making a dubious face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From the fanfic. fanfic of, yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to think of the right word. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, no, it actually never was. Well, it's canon to the Diablo series. It's canon to me, Jack. Yes. It's canon to me. I'll accept that. I'll accept She's that. She's making a mate. I'll just go on a slight tangent. The Lilith figure is making a major comeback in American lore because she's a popular figure to use in many shows I've been watching. Yes, and video games. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. But anyway, so in the fanfic, um, she is... In the spinoff, in the Bible spinoff. Yeah, the Bible spinoff. <laughs> she is... Um, 
she was Adam's first wife, and she got rejected. She was like, you know what? Fuck that dude. I'm gonna chill with the demons and uh, become the, their mother. So um, I think that's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I think that she is. Uh, she's sided with the demons. I think uh, she knows something. Obviously, good for her. That the others in the OCS probably don't know. And something that Doretti might, because he knows about whatever the secret is in the Vatican, and he wants to control it. That's something else Shannon talks about in her journal. He wants to become the Pope, and he's there later in the episode when Mother Superion tries to go talk to the Pope about what Doretti's doing, and then Doretti fucking walks out. Like, she- hey, Pope's dead. Sorry to tell you in this very callous way that I'm doing it. But Yeah, and she tries to play it off like, oh, I was just here for guidance. I wasn't here to tell you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally not here to rat you out in your fucking like crazy satanic scheme. <laughs> That's the look she gives him. But mm. yeah, is that kind of like where you're going with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, Lilith is probably... Either possessed or has become a demon. Maybe they won over her heart with uh, logic and reason. Yeah, because she is restored. So either way. Infernium Halo. Oh, do you think she's the Infernium Halo bearer? That'd be hype. Dude, she better be. Infernium, like, I know I said pitchfork in another episode because they, or horns. Yeah. But those are on the outside. I don't know how you put those on the inside. Do you know where an Infernium Halo would come from? Because Ava got her halo passed down from an angel. Where would an Infernium halo come from? A devil? A fallen angel. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. yeah. What about the fallen angel? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because in the fanfic to the Bible, yeah. isn't Lilith Lucifer's like right-hand woman? <laughs> I mean, probably in like some... Major spin-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just in the Lucifer show? Is that all I'm thinking of? I can't even say that Lucifer as an evil figure is super canon to Christianity. Yeah, so. that's a lot of... Um, no. That's yeah. a lot of retconning. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. <laughs> the Bible really doesn't focus on evil very much. As much as... People who are trying to grab for power in history do. Right, right, it's true. And that's a lot of how it's portrayed in the show as well, I think, yeah, so far with Father Duretti. That's true. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody who's loyal to the cause and to the church says that Duretti is just a man. He's not loyal to God. He doesn't have faith and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Beatrice yeah, was saying that. And yeah. as I've pointed out this subtle uh, narrative device that they've used in the show before, Doretti as a cardinal is dressed in red. And red is actually often associated with the devil. Thank oh, you. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Spicy Pepper Man. <laughs> <laughs> so he is kind of culminating his plan and his to grab for power within the Vatican. He's shutting out Mother Superion from what's going on and just basically kind of laying down the law, giving her the news just to kind of gloat in her face. He goes back to a place that she's barred from where they're going to decide who the new Pope is. 
spoilers, it's probably going to be Jaredi. Dun, dun, dun. Because he has a way of making sure that the scales are stacked in his favor. And it's called evil. <laughs> yeah. Overt, not hidden evil. That's right. I wonder if Lilith is going to work with him. But anyway. Or is she just an agent of chaos? So he just it wants to grab for power and to control this secret portal or whatever is this power source in the Vatican that is chaining demons to our plane or creating the ability for them to portal through. He yes. wants to control it. So that's why I think he and Lilith might end up working together, but you never know. Yeah, Lilith is kind of like a wild card. Yeah, I think there's a good chance Duretti is going to end up being used by Lilith. I think that would be a pretty cool reversal of power. All while she's letting him think he's in control. Yeah. And I mean, he's actually, while he thinks he's stacking everything in his favor, he's building a house of cards because it's all going to come crashing down. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Nice. Because his position, while he thinks it's secured, it's actually very tenuous. And he just set loose all of the people who opposed him so that they could do whatever they want without him understanding or knowing what they're working on. Yeah, pretty rookie <laughs> mistake if you ask me. Yeah. So he has already started the machinations to his own ruin. Whatever helped him come to power is going to help him lose it, basically. Mm -hmm. Unless he wins. His victory is going to be short-lived. <laughs> That's my point. All right. He's going to get, uh, I think something bad is going to happen to our our, our cardinal. It's going to be when he's T-pose uh, supplicating himself on the ground <laughs> when he's accepting his new role as Pope. No, uh, no, no. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that when he, they're canonizing him, Ava shoots him with a cannon. Canonize. <laughs> oh, yeah. Divinium cannon. Really? They made that out of Divinium? <laughs> it's just the cannonball. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. In a way, it's kind of fun that we haven't read the comics before because we get to speculate like this. I, based on the graphic style of the comics alone, I don't know how much they are actually pulling from the graphic novels. Makes okay. <laughs> there is another character I have a theory about. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, yeah. The character Christian, mm -hmm. who works for Arctech. Now, again, I've probably pointed the, this out in previous episodes, but Christian is actually a reference to the religion of Christianity. But his name starts with a K, Jamie. Right, right. But it's still a subtle allusion to the Christian faith. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I can suspend my disbelief. <laughs> okay. Wait. His name is Christian with a K? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to move past that before I hurt my brain. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> you just took psychic damage. Yes. I know. This is what psychic damage feels like. Yes. Okay. But the character, we get a little bit of his backstory. We already knew that he was one of the... Record keepers, the bookkeeper, librarian sort of person for the Vatican. He was right. really high up. He was one of the archivists. Right. A very important position, I assume. 
In fact, what probably one of the most important positions, but you don't have all the power. Uh, a position they give to somebody they trust. Yes. So what you're saying is that the people who don't have a lot of power are actually the most important people. Uh, Say the lower classes are actually like the more important cogs in the machine that keeps the machine running. Yeah, the you know, the rock at the top of the mountain wouldn't be there if it wasn't for all the ones that form the base. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, <laughs> so Christian, with a K. Yes. He was an archivist, and we get a little bit more of his backstory. He says that when he was young, his mother was sick, and he asked for a miracle, which didn't come. And... He thought he was being punished by his God, which I don't know, uh, you know, believing in a God that wants to punish you, that's pretty lame, right? Uh, but it's classic, though. It's it's Catholic. and uh, <laughs> Classic Catholic. And uh, I, I, that's my perception anyway. Sorry if that's not accurate. Coming from a Catholic family, you're pretty close. You have to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. So that... That's telling you. You don't something. ask for forgiveness if you don't think you did anything wrong, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Christian with a K, K Christian, my boy, he, uh, he decides he needs to be more devout. He's like, oh, I must have, I must have fucked up, right? And that's why God killed my mom. Time to <laughs> lean in. Time to lean in. That's what we call. He read that book? Abuse. And. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, your part, the establishment has given him, like, an abusive mindset, I right. feel. So, it seems to me like what we're talking about here is a theme about questioning your faith. Yes. It goes a little for, yeah, after, after he leans further in, he keeps helping people who are asking for miracles. He archives people coming in day after day to the Vatican, asking for miracles, and then, like, never receiving it. He's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. And so he leaves to join Arctech because he thinks this might have real answers, right? Mm -hmm. he, oh, maybe that portal to heaven and or hell will give me the answers I need. It's true. He needs proof that something more exists out there. A higher power. Because he, he sees all the magic and he's like, yeah, there's magic. But, like, I need to see proof there's a god. I need. I can't believe in something intangible, right? Now, this is one of those points where I can really relate to Christian's worldview. Yeah. Uh -huh. But the thing is, right, it's definitely him just saying he is unable to recognize what a miracle is. Yeah. Right? Because... There's, like, in Christianity, they like to reference the mystery, right? Right. Why it all is happening. The universe, right? What's the, the point of it? The unknowable truth. They call it the mystery, right? It's not something a lot of people talk about, but it's the purpose behind everything. And instead of having faith that what's happening is good... He's saying, no, what people ask for is good and God doesn't give it to them. Right. And so he's looking for a miracle, even though in the scene we're hearing this, he's talking to a miracle. <laughs> Someone who died and came back to life. Good call. They reference Lazarus, the character we've talked about a lot, as one of like the most insane miracles in the Bible. Right. The guy who was brought back to life from the dead. And that's literally Ava. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good call. And she has lots of abilities, and they're all miraculous. He's seeing lots of miracles. Do you think he has anything to do with the Lazarus Pit? <laughs> In Marvel? <laughs> From DC? No, DC, DC. Yeah. You mean where they bring back the dead bodies with uh, Ra's al Ghul? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Is and, that canon? <laughs> <laughs> like, to the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? Yeah. If, I mean, DC characters are just gods. Right. If the Lazarus Pit is canon in this show, <laughs> putting this in the DC universe, then Lucifer has to come into this. Oh, yes. Because that's in the DC world. And that means John Constantine, my favorite character, is somewhere, too. I also have to say, I think Ava... And Lucifer would be such good pals. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say like a good couple. No, but I think Just they'd buds. be really, they'd be yeah, buds for yeah, sure. Nice. Totally. I see yeah, I, I think Lucifer would get Ava. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Definitely. But now, so here's my prediction for how we might see uh, a, a final scene with Christian in this season. I'm imagining in Arctech. A Terrasque has, you know, summoned through the Ark or whatever, and is just tearing ass through <laughs> the building. And Christian sees it and just goes, finally, proof of something out there to believe in, and then just gets devastated by the Terrasque. Oh, my God. And he falls to his knees, weeping as it comes barreling towards him. In supplication to <laughs> his, his new god, the yeah. you know, you proof of something bigger. You yeah. might not be wrong, but it might not be as you say it. It might be Lilith. Could be Ooh. that too. Yeah, but, but Lilith looks like a person. We don't know what Lilith is do. capable of. Her abilities yet. Though. Good point. If she has any abilities. Aside from disrupting <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> the ability to not die when impaled by a terrorist. That's true. a pretty cool ability. My prediction was we saw in the previous episode, Ava realizes that she cannot sit by and just enjoy her life without helping people now that she has the power to do so. But again, in this episode, she tries to get that. She says she'll give up the halo and let somebody else do the work. Not remembering the fact that the halo is keeping her alive or not thinking. About she the wants to bestow the powers of the halo onto someone else without losing the halo. Right. Which is an interesting loophole she's <laughs> tried to figure out. Yeah, I don't think that one. I think God doesn't let that particular contract uh, slide like that. It's true. God's like, let me check my records here. I could easily see Christian going either way. Yeah. I think he's either going to choose to follow Lilith or Ava. Interesting. Oh. But I think his position is really malleable because he's waiting for a sign to choose a side. Right now he's with Arctech because he's faithless. But the second he finds something to really believe in, I think he's going to pick a team. Interesting. Yeah. You know why Michael... Jillian's son is creepy and not because he's a little he's kid. A kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what more do you need? Such big eyes. <laughs> but but why are they like a, a person but smaller? How do they do that? <laughs> is it like in the Lord of the Rings where they do like a perspective trick? Are they holding their breath and it just <laughs> it's just keeping them tiny? <laughs> so. It's because the divinium that 
his mom pumped him full of, and by the way, if he ever lives to be an adult, she's going to have hell to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like hell, like, but actually. Yeah. <laughs> but no. anyway, it makes him kind of creepy because he's psychic. Yeah. And um, he tells his mom all the time that he talks to angels all the time. Right. And then he also has premonitions or he can kind of know things. Mm-hmm. And... He tries to tell his mom that Ava's the key, and she and Jillian tries to tell him, you know, no, I we no, tried. I tried to science she the hell out of that bitch, and it didn't work. She can't power <laughs> the ark. She's not who I thought she was. Michael insists that she's the key. Jillian's like, no, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to try something else out. And he says, no, mom, she's not that kind of key. She's the key to the thing in the ground. Yeah, that's some creepy shit to say, kid. I know. And we don't know exactly what he means, except he could be talking about the thing in the Vatican. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, yeah I thought he was talking about he, she's the key to hell. Magnificent. Kind of the same thing, because that whatever's in <laughs> the... The, oh, and, and I said Jillian's going to have hell to pay. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's why I thought you said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was brilliant that I didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> That's true brilliance. <laughs> so that portal or whatever it is that's allowing demons to come through, that power source in the, the Vatican. Oh, 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 it's Vatican. It's basically a portal to hell. It's allowing demons in. Well, it's to control demons, right? Yeah. So... How is the Vatican getting demons to work for them? I think it's what Jack was saying. It's putting them in uh, red robes and sending them out (laughs) (laughs) to control churches. There you go. Uh, It's what Jack was saying before. They're trying to create the problems so that they can come in and solve them for people. Yes, definitely. You got to create the problem if you want to sell the solution. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like the beauty industry. And let me tell you how this is the case, because the beauty industry tells you that you need to live up to a particular standard, and then they sell you the thing that'll get you there. That'll get you there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's yeah. class struggle, guys. Yes. Yep. Or it's like when rich people say that violence is a common thing in poor neighborhoods to out all of the residents so they can build luxury housing. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great techniques. Yes. So there's that. The Vatican, I think they're making the problem so they can fix it themselves and get more power that way. However, I think it would be really interesting. I don't think there's, to be honest, I don't think this show is along the same line of like, whoa, what a twist sort of thinking (laughs) as we are. (laughs) Because it would be... Because I think it would be interesting if the new Lilith was, like, tainted by hell, right? Yeah. And is now, like, super evil, right? The way we are predicting. She was was susceptible to the influences of hell because she was ambitious. Right. Just like Doretti. Exactly. So I think it could be interesting if Doretti was formerly a very good guy Mm. trying to do something... About the problem, and the same thing happened to him that happened to Lilith, and that's why now he's this bad guy. Do you think we're going to get a Doretti backstory episode? I don't know. Maybe, because he and Vincent were tight. They were allies 
long-term allies, and Father Vincent seems like he's got his priorities in order. So, yeah, there must have been something. It's true. I really feel that the show needs to soon introduce another kind of demon, which they might be doing because yeah, they've two said... two demons is never enough. They said there are hundreds, and we've only seen or heard of two. <laughs> yeah. We we really got to start diversifying. <laughs> it's been a pretty slow burn so far, the story. And, yes. and just so uh, everyone knows, there's more than two demons. Yes. There's more than two types of demons. But the budget is for two. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's hard to work a third demon into the budget, but you got to find a way. You don't have to animate the third demon. You just have them not wearing nun clothes anymore. <laughs> Just have their hair down and be like, oh, it's evil. (laughs) (laughs) We call this one evil. And then you insert the person's name and that's a demon. I like that. Like going back to like the 80s trope of like the woman letting her hair down and everyone realizes she's beautiful. In this show, when you let your hair down out of your habit, people realize that you're evil. Yeah, it's it's a metaphor for your soul falling. (laughs) Lilith, I never knew you were hiddenly evil underneath that hood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. (laughs) Well, before we move on, there's one more thing I want to talk about from this episode, and this is guilt. Because we find out that we know that Father Vincent has a bit of a troubled past. He's a recovering alcoholic. Right. We also find out in this episode that he blames himself for the death of Shannon because he told Shannon to go to Duretti with the information about the Vatican's hell portal demon control lead device. He thought he could trust Duretti. He thought he could trust Duretti. And he basically says, I might as well have pulled the trigger myself when Mary comes to him to talk about what she's found out from Ava getting the book out of Shannon's secret realm. Yeah, you're right. I get why he feels that way, but it's so unreasonable. (laughs) But guilt is complex. It is complex. We don't always feel guilt for things that we necessarily should, but it feels right that we do. Yes. And that's guilt. It's not reasonable or logical. Yes. It just is. I'll present my case to why he shouldn't feel guilty. He didn't do anything wrong. He did not kill... Because (laughs) he did not personally kill Shannon. Or intend to kill her. Although the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Perhaps. (laughs) The road is uh, wide to destruction, but the straight and narrow... Yep. Just... uh, Play the first few minutes of the last episode and come back. (laughs) But yeah, like I get why he feels guilty. Again, I think it's a Catholic thing, kind of. (laughs) It's his job to feel guilty. Well, that makes sense. This is a Catholic show. Yeah. Or at least it is a show that features Catholic characters. Catholic fantasy, yeah. It's that one. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if the actual production team is Catholic. That's, that was not my impression. No, but you never know. They're playing a little fast and loose with Catholic mythology. Yeah, I think it's similar to the way a coworker asked me today what country Game of Thrones was supposed to take place in. Like, in history, what country are they? But did you <laughs> tell them? 
<laughs> I, I tried to do my best, but I don't know. They don't seem very immersed in fantasy. <laughs> they should listen to the podcast, huh? Yay. <laughs> But yeah, I think this is Catholic the way that Game of Thrones is history. <laughs> well said. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, this creates this interesting, complex mental roadmap for what Father Vincent is going through. He's at this period in his life where he is really grappling with his decisions over the years, and he has recently had one that he is realizing his decision did impact what happened to Shannon. He had a at least a small role to play. Maybe his point is that he has known for some time that Doretti was sliding down a dark slope, and he didn't see it soon enough. Right. We've got a real... Anakin and Obi-Wan situation brewing here. Mm-hmm. Yes. There, the K. Ristian was saying to Ava that you, that the things you can believe in are yourself and giving trust to people who have earned it. Exactly. Ah. And Vincent was saying he put his trust in the wrong person. Exactly. So we're going back to that theme that we've touched on throughout this whole series. That clearly this season is all about trust, who you can trust, betrayal, all these complicated themes coming back every episode. I gotta say, I'm really curious uh, how JC and the other, like, house hoppers are going to play back into this. They're going to be the next uh, members of the warrior sect. Mm-hmm. But get this, right? It's moments before Lilith dies. Mm-hmm. You might recall, she sees why she should stand up for Ava right. in that moment. Because Ava is defending JC from the Terrask, even though Ava is effectively helpless. Right. Yeah. And so Lilith is like, that's the shit. And goes to martyr herself to That's save Ava. the heart of a true courageous warrior. Yes. And that left an impression. We say that Lilith is evil now. What is the thing that Ava recklessly stood up for above all other things but JC? I think that's how he could get roped in. A- Lilith evil now? You need to get to Ava? get to JC, right? Ah. You know, just because let's let's put a little bit of brakes on here. Just because Lilith is working with the demons doesn't mean she's evil. Yeah, we right? actually don't maybe have a very like good Maybe she's like Saint Martha. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it could be. It we'll could see. be. We got some interesting questions. Even if she is doing something good. Like, trying to foil Doretti's plans. Okay. She's still probably going to be pretty evil as she goes <laughs> about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, just, but fight fire with fire, right? I yeah. just had to bring up Martha because we've talked about her every episode. So Wait, why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> no! No, you can't! I didn't even remember. We're going to find out that Ava and um, Lilith, both their mother's name... 
Martha. Oh, oh my mind is tortured. That was way worse than more, the K Christian thing. More, more psychic damage. Oh, that was a uh, that was nearly double my HP right there. <laughs> I almost instantly died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I think it's probably time to wrap this up. All right, guys. Episode seven in the bag, I guess. Any final thoughts about the season so far or this episode? Yeah, I do. I'm just looking forward to see what Lilith is going to do. I can't lie. I love me a wild card. Yeah. Like whenever I'm playing games, I love to unleash an animal or some kind of elemental force into the battlefield just to see what will happen and and like introduce that chaos and then just do my thing and see what the repercussions are. That's awesome. (laughs) And so Lilith is like that elemental force of chaos just coming back into this narrative. You don't know what she's going to do. She's crazy. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. She could bring everyone ice cream she or burn down the world. Or both. Ooh. You know what? If the world burned down, ice cream would be a nice salve. Would <laughs> me- it'd probably melt. Mm, probably you gotta melt. eat it first. Yeah, you just gotta eat it before it melts. Yeah. You'll be incentivized because the world has burned down and you'll want to get away as quickly as possible. That is a embodying a philosophy I think a lot of the characters in this show should embrace. It, you know, when the world is burning, eat your ice cream before it melts. <laughs> All right. Just like Jesus said. I'm going to be a, a, like uh, I'm going to be like a teacher and I'm going to show you the metaphor, listener, and you have to interpret what it means. Eat the ice cream before it melts when the world is burning. But on the beach, there was only one set of footprints. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, for real, though, I I think that that's sort of like a reference to that that uh logistical exercise where you're supposed to eat the strawberries you remember that one no it's the mental exercise where like a tiger is chasing you and it chases you off a cliff okay and you catch yourself on a ledge halfway down and there the tiger is waiting for you up at the top and there are spikes waiting for you at the bottom so if you let go you'll die if you climb up you'll die but on the ledge there's a strawberry bush growing right and you're, it's, you say, what do you do? And the answer people like to say is you eat the strawberries, right? And it doesn't save you, but it means you're enjoying where you are, right? Okay. You're making it. the most of your situation. Sure. And this is an allegory for the underclasses and their precarity in life. That's right. See, I was going <laughs> to say, I'd, I would Uh-oh. take the strawberries and use it to lure the tiger into the pit. Yeah. Put the strawberries on top of the spikes so they're soft and you jump on top of the strawberry. All right. Seems legit. Yeah, but that's like the ice cream in the world on fire. Eat it before it melts. <laughs> I think that, that says everything I have to say about this episode. 
And on that note, I think this will do it for us this week on Swords and Satire. As always, if you're not already, you can always follow us on social media at Swords and Satire on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the show, see what we're watching, and check out the memes! Might as well check out those memes while you're there. Give them a like. Let me know that you're uh, listening. And if you have the memes, you can head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and support the show. Become a patron. Or if you have the nices. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you'll get tons of bonus content every month. And you'll get to vote on the movies we watch. That's big. It's true, but if you don't have the extra funds to pass your way to your favorite podcasters, feel free to write about how much you love our podcast in an ancient tome and hide it away for a chosen one to find and spread the good word. Nice. That seems like a really great way to get the word out. Now, guys, one more thing. I've got a big announcement here. We are coming up on our 100th episode of Swords and Satire. It is... A big accomplishment, if I do say so myself, for our, the three of us here. And next week, we're going to have a really special episode. We're going to be doing our first ever review of a current in-theaters movie. I'm excited. Because we are going to be talking about The Green Knight. I can't wait. Which I've been waiting for for over a year. <laughs> so be sure to join us for that. It's going to be awesome. Go out, see the movie. Or, you know, make sure you're safe. <laughs> yeah, do it safely. But yeah, and then you can join in on the fun. Wear, wear a mask. <laughs> and until next time, Hail Crom! Hail Crom!